Hi, my name is Claire and I'm the mother of three teenagers with FESD. I'm Jessica, a PhD researcher specialising in educational interventions for children with FASD. And together we are the hosts of Spotlight on FASD, the UK's first podcast dedicated to shining a spotlight on fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. FASD is a condition caused by prenatal alcohol exposure that affects hundreds of thousands of children across the UK. And we're here to bring these conversations out of the shadows and make sure that no one living with FASD feels alone. Hi and welcome to episode four of Spotlight on FASD. And today's episode is going to be all about lockdown, our second lockdown and FASD. So either living with FASD or caring for a child or young person with FASD. So we went into our second lockdown yesterday in England um, and we just thought we couldn't really, we couldn't really pass up talking about it, it's, it, it, it's a huge issue um, and we just wanted to touch today on how that impacts on our children and young people um, with FASD. Yeah. And, and the impact that that has on carers as well, the parents, yeah. the primary caregivers, that knock-on effect, um, just how it impacts the, the whole family, the whole, the whole home. Um, when yeah, because it's you know, because more we were talking earlier about how children with FASD are uh, often described as they've got so many skills um, as well as struggles, and they're like chameleons. They will adapt to to any situation because they're survivors mm-hmm. because they've had to survive from the beginning, and. One way that they, and, and I think this is a trait with, with every person with FASD, is their kind of hyper vigilance. They are so aware of a change in someone's body language, tone of voice, facial expression, the way you hold yourself. Even if you think you are, I talk loads about fake it to make it, and so you pretend not to be scared in a situation or stressed, but they can, you know, they are, they are so good at sniffing that out. And I think at the minute, there are very few people who aren't scared and worried and have got no idea what, what's going on, when this is going to end. Um, all of the optimists in the camp are like, it's going to be going to be done by the 2nd of December. And, and then every time someone says that, then you've got someone saying that. It's going to be, it's going to be next year. It's going to be longer than that. And it's just you're known and I think... That's you know we want to talk about just you know so I don't think we're going to be stating the obvious but we just want to address the fact that it's difficult for everyone that's a given full stop and then there's lots of people that I've seen lots of people talk about we're all in the same boat and then a lot of people argue and say no no we're not all in the same boat we're all we're all kind of in the same storm but all of our boats are very very different right and carry very different yeah very very different things um so we know that it's difficult for everybody but particularly difficult when you are trying to navigate it either with this hidden disability yourself or trying to navigate your children or young people through it yeah yeah and we were, we were talking earlier that about how uh, the schools remaining open this time will yeah. be 
um, providing a structure and a routine for children that they are used to. There is that little bit of normality going to school. But as Claire said, I think it was last week ep- week's episode, actually, when we were talking about sleep, the first lockdown where schools closed actually, for Claire, made life a lot easier. Oh, completely. It took a global pandemic for me to get probably my first real rest in a decade because it was like the, our life was taken off a pressure cooker. It was just taken off the heat. And we were able to go at a pace that suited everyone. My life didn't revolve around what time is he going to fall asleep what time I'm going to wake up, I'm going to be able to get him in the right frame of mind, to be able to get him dressed, to be able to get him downstairs, to even think about getting it towards a taxi, to be able to get into school, that just vanished. And it just made things so much easier. So there's two camps, and I've spoken to lots of parents about this. There are the, the, the children with FASD who school is just such an ordeal anyway. It's, it's a just a horrendous place of anxiety. So there's the, the parents who wish that school was closed down. I think a lot of us wish that school kind of was closed down because that would be a real lockdown. Um, but then, you know, then there's the, the, other, the other camp where the first lockdown with schools closed was just nearly impossible for a lot of children to manage. And I know that if you have a, if you're lucky enough to have an ADHD for your child, education health and care plan um which is the old it used to be called a statement of special educational needs if you're lucky enough to have one of those um you were still and your child's past is vulnerable then chances are that you were still able eligible to attend school but quite often that didn't happen because either there wasn't enough staff that people were infected people were in isolation so in theory that was like oh the vulnerable children are still going to be able to access it that didn't happen that actually didn't happen at all so I think for probably for the majority of people it'll be a little bit easier because schools are open mm-hmm. um yeah but I know that that just, yeah, just made life easier for me at all <laughs> yeah and it's it's the support network um, not just in terms of, of people as well, who, who families may have um, coming in and out, an extra pair of hands, grandparents who can help, which, and I know we've got this, this bubble system in the UK that um, allows grandparents or, or somebody um, to support with childcare and things like that. But, you know, with, with the elderly being more vulnerable to what's going on, there's this whole dynamic of not just your your humans not just your people but your places your environments these different places where you would usually take your children for the space that they need the outdoor time that they need the time where they, they've just got to run off their energy as much as they possibly can and a lot of those places not being available anymore swimming pools being closed um and and things like that so trying to navigate this new world when you have a child with with the additional needs um, that you're used to supporting day to day you've got your systems in place and all of a sudden well not all of a sudden because we faced it in March but as soon as we get back to some normality through the autumn it, it 
it's kind of gone again. It's not like we haven't we haven't got any answers. We're we're, we're not about to say so. What we would advise is we just want to say right. like, we, we know you're having an absolute may. Like that's that is just there's no other way around it, and it's just all about survival. And yeah, I, I was talking a little bit earlier about how now more than ever, which which this is already a difficult thing for parents and carers of um of, of children and young people with FESD, but now more than ever it is vital that you try and really prioritize your I don't know your sanity your I'm not even going to say like because a lot of the time when you say self-care and you think of your I don't know rest it's and creation and like go have a spa or don't get your nails done all of that stopped anyway but not even at that level because I think we're, we are we're a, if you or taking care of children or young people with FASD, you are just in survival mode now. That is where you are. And I would be gobsmacked if there was anyone who, who disagreed with that and said, actually, no way. We're getting along swimmingly. You know, so you're in absolute survival. So today I managed to get into BM to buy a new bin because my bin was smashed in a little bit of a muddle a couple of nights ago. And I was probably in the shop for 20 minutes in total, but that was all that I needed to feel like a normal person. Like I, like I looked like, I probably didn't look very normal. I probably looked slightly unhinged, but I felt like I just looked like I could just be a normal person doing shopping and that everything that was happening at home wasn't actually happening. And I was just someone who was buying a bin and a load of other stuff that I didn't need from B&M. But it's, and, and I, when I got back into the car, I was like, oh, that was exactly what I needed. And it was 25 minutes in total. And I was able to go into a shop and just be away from the, the constant, relentless caring needs that, that my kids have at the minute. And, you know, as we're talking now, and I, I sometimes think that, I think my children are aware of what's going on with, with the virus, with the pandemic, as, as, as much as they can be. Um, as much and, as any of the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, but also, I wonder, is it impacting them more than I imagine that it is? Am I keeping them as cocooned from it as I, I believe I am? So, you know, because we've got, we've got, a, um, there's a lot of behavior not behaviors because that's not the word there's a lot of raised anxiety in our house which is is um fsd symptoms are are in full force at the minute and maybe it's a, a mixture of all of this and i think that you know it could be but even if they're just even if they're kind of walking past and they're listening to the news everything is just so that you know they're not just picking that tension up from us everywhere they look people have got masks on and I know my, my little girl always used to say that she actually once said that she wished she was Down syndrome, which is a really peculiar thing for her to say. But she said that because she said there's a little girl at the school she used to be at who was Down syndrome. And she said, I wish I was Down syndrome, ma'am, because everyone looks, all of the teachers look at this um, Down syndrome girl with kind eyes. And they all smile at her all the time. Um, and that's because her disability is completely visible. 
and therefore everyone has a base level of tolerance which they don't have with an invisible disability and I think what's really difficult for for kids for all kids but especially kids who are living with FASD and also trauma when they can't really see people's faces and so they're just surrounded by and, and so they're, they're having a guess they can't really read exactly what's going on with that person the way that they normally would for their survival so I think that's a huge huge factor at the minute there's just there's, there is so much isn't there it, I think it is and like we were saying earlier as well with people's people's body language any anxieties um nerves like speaking specifically of of carers parents um the support network around uh, children young young people or even adults with FASD um those you know you have all the stress you have the weight of and the responsibility of caring on you whilst navigating this this pandemic like everybody else is there will still be um worries about jobs the economy what on earth's going on like one minute we're, we're allowed out then we're not allowed out these changing rules all the time this back and forth um you know even to the point of it being harder to go to the harder than ever before to go to the supermarket except march um and there's there's just there's there's so much more that you have to face whilst holding it together so that your children, your young people, whoever it is that you're supporting, can't see that you're holding it together. I thought you were, I thought you were gonna say worrying about um about parents and carers worrying about weight gain. You're saying so there's so much weight and I'm thinking, yeah, because a lot of people are eating the weight through this pandemic. <laughs> hey, if that's why I can do what you gotta do. <laughs> I think I, I think probably one of my one, one of my little things but like if I could say for people to take something away it would be that if you're listening to this and you don't you want a parent or a carer um you want responsible for caring for somebody with FASD but maybe someone um in your wider family or someone in your life somebody you support is involved with children with FASD think about how your life has changed and how difficult it has got since the start of this pandemic and certainly in lockdown that is how difficult our lives are normal that's our base level of how difficult life is we are unable to access education normally it's not suitable what what is provided isn't suitable for everybody so everything that that everyone's experiencing kind of in a mainstream life and struggling with they're our normal daily that's what life's like for us anyway in isolation not able to access things um not able to go and do things normally so just bear in mind that if you are supporting anyone um or even just friends with someone who and you know that that's their situation just think that that's kind of life's doubly hard for them and you for the first time ever uniquely in this pandemic you've got an opportunity to, to really, really put yourself in, in, in that person's shoes and think, my God, this is what their normal baseline struggle is every single day. Check in with those people. Just see how they're doing. Like, if you can leave 
a little food parcel on their doorstep, just bright and do whatever it is, if you can do something just to make life a little bit easier. And this, this happened to me this week. If anyone who's watching this on the, uh, on YouTube, you can see a picture of my gorgeous water bottle. And yesterday was a very, very black day. And I found this on my step. It's a beautiful water bottle. And on it, it says, in my favourite shade of pink, when we know better, we do better. And that's at the very start of our podcast. That's what I talked about. That's one of my favourite quotes. Um, and someone who's thought of me, had listened to the podcast and had thought of me when they seen this water bottle. And that didn't really... They didn't, offer, they didn't physically help. They didn't help with the kids. They didn't come into the house. They didn't do anything. But that lifted me from the depths in an instant and, and kind of recharged us for the rest of the night, definitely so. And, and that's, but that is also the same. And that's not just people who are taking care of children with FASD. That, that's, you know, any, anyone, you know, who's taking care of um, SAM kids. It's, mm-hmm. Hard, hard slog a lot of the time. Lots of amazing highs, but it is a hard, hard slog. And I think we need to, if we could just highlight that a little bit. Um, and highlighting is all we can do. Like Claire said, like, as much as we would love to, we can't. We're not going to turn around now and say, this is what you need to do. These are the people that will help you. Um, like, here's your magic beans. That's not. Like, there is nothing at all that we can say. We just want to raise awareness of it and acknowledge the struggles that people are having. And, you know, we know that there are people out there who are fighting battles with diagnosis, who are growing so impatient, rightly so, because hospital appointments are being pushed back. You're not accessing the care that you need. People aren't responding. Social workers are letting you down because they're just overwhelmed, overworked. Like there's all these delays in these systems that are being pushed to breaking point right now that are having a huge impact on, on your lives. And I think all we get, we get it. We just talked really didn't worry about how there's a lot of people in a situation, a lot of families in a situation now where they've really built up momentum towards um, some kind of diagnosis or towards the support that they're going to need. And then, you know, the next step of the journey would be I don't know, any kind of assessment. Um, and those assessments have all been stopped. You know, it, the virus has stopped it all from happening. And so the, the, the mental impact that has on people is absolutely huge because, you know, we know the fight that it would have taken to get onto that pathway and how, how many years it would have taken to get onto that pathway. And they were just starting to, like, build up the mental fatigue off and they grounded again. And... You know, just even things like um, physiotherapy appointments and OT appointments, things that you might not think would have a huge impact, not to be able to access them is, is just a huge, huge deal. And, you know, again, we know that's for lots of people in lots of different situations, but um, when you're dealing with um, our extraordinary children, it, it is, it's hard going and the talking. There's so much talking, mm-hmm. so much talking all of the time. And I think that's, and obviously they, 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 they probably, they've, they've got to be sensing that raised anxiety of an entire nation. They've got to be sensing that. Yeah. Um, the world, it's the whole Exactly, and the teacher, if they are in school, the teachers around them, the teachers are at absolute breaking point with what they're having to deal with and what they're having to struggle through. 
then they are scared, teachers are scared to be at school and rightly so. Mm-hmm. And the kids are picking up on that. So I think there's there is I'm also a lot more talk. <laughs> so and a lot and questions that you're like, oh don't, don't really know how to answer that because like your good instinct is I don't think I want to answer that honestly because we're really scared and me. So let's try and change the subject. But you know, there's, there's there's a lot of that going on, and I can remind my kids are older. I can only imagine that's even trickier for some of some of the little kids because mm-hmm. they're so our kids' minds have never seen the switch off from thinking, and you know, which is a good thing, but sometimes a bit of a curse as well. Yeah, and many of them will hear everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. You said that earlier, didn't you, about some of your experiences in summer camp and, and you know, I think as a parent as well, you you, you think, oh, you know, they're, they're up there, they're not listening, they've got the headphones on, they're not listening, but they, they, it's like little ears came up and about everywhere, they, they do pick up on things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think that's it for this week. Um, it is, yeah, we just, we wanted to... Just we couldn't we couldn't let it pass. It's too too big of a deal for us not to talk about, and it's not that it's um, a specific topic to FASD, but we have in our little FASD or big FASD world, we have our very specific struggles that that it's brought, and we just wanted to highlight again. And because we've had a lot, we've had some lovely messages from people yeah, saying you know that it's sort of like hey, it's lovely that when all people are listening, but also that it's making people not feel alone and. As a parent, that was my ultimate aim, my absolute ultimate aim that someone would listen to this in the middle of the night, in the middle of an absolute crisis and not feel alone. And that, you know, that's already happened, so that's wonderful. So we just, we, you know, we couldn't, you know, lockdown yesterday, we, we couldn't not talk about it. Even more important as we're, we're being further distanced from one another and more isolated, um, especially with winter approaching and, and everything else so yeah we're here um and we hope that people are listening and, and continue getting in touch because it it um it does it, it you know we love to hear that people are listening and, and we love to hear that um we're making claire's dreams come true and making sure that those those parents yeah. out there listening don't feel as alone i'm so easily pleased <laughs> it's huge it's huge. It is. No, it is. It's a huge deal. It is wonderful. It, it, it is making us really happy yeah. that we're able to help people. Um, and in a couple of weeks, we will have our first guest. We're going to have our first guest. Give you first guest is coming. <laughs> so we're very, very excited about that. So it won't just be our voices. There will be a third voice in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so keep posted and what you're able to find out who that's going to be. Um, so thank you for listening again it's been lovely and uh, we will speak to you next week bye